Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hey everyone, welcome to the Reality TV Rehap Up for Episode 4 of Season 9 of The Amazing Race Canada, in which we are still in British Columbia, cruising around. Um, this podcast is brought to you by every Canadian business in existence, uh, because apparently we're just product placing our way through this amazing race. In fact, we should just call it The Amazing Product Placement. And of course, with me as always is a man who'd never sell out to a corporation. The one and only Dan Heaton. Never, Jess. Never. You know, I mean, Haunted Mansion makes me think of a podcast, though, that might that um someone works on having to do with theme parks. No, Dan. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're not doing it. Um, have we reached, Jess, peak, peak, Amazing Race Canada sponsorship? Have we ever, is there a moment that has transcended this exact moment? Because I feel like we've built every episode. And by the way, that Samsung phone is sure amazing. <laughs> it's sure amazing. It does so many things. It even takes pictures. Oh, my gosh. I was going to actually introduce the podcast by, please welcome your hosts, a couple of Americans covering Amazing Race Canada who are also iPhone users on a Samsung show. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Never had a Samsung phone. You have a Samsung TV. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, we do as well. But I've never ventured into the Samsung phone realm. Um, yeah, this was pretty wild. Uh, just the sheer volume. Like we thought maybe they were just front loading all of the challenges with product placement so they wouldn't have to do it later. But no, it turns out this is just how we are now. I feel like we have hit a new level because, I mean, the show has always had product placement. You know, I think about them going through like season three where they went through. I enjoyed it where they had to go through the use their gas station points or, you know, every season we've had this, you know, they the card where the, the bank that like really cared about us. I forget the name of the bank. They always did every episode, but it seemed to be a little more subtle. And then we have Guru and all that. OK, the, the Chevy's OK. But wow. Wow. Um three things in a row today and one that had two different product placements in the same test just it, in the same one and i'm not even counting the car they drove i'm saying two besides the car you know honestly if that was me and i was paying a lot of money to have my product featured on the amazing race canada i'd be pretty mad at having to share the spotlight yeah i mean um I don't even know the fact that we watched like most of the haunted mansion trailer during the episode. I mean, you know, Hey, I'm sure it'll be a fine, fun movie, you know, but, um, wow. I mean, I know the thing is there is some precedent when the lion King, um, sort of live action adaptation, you know, CG adaptation came out. They did that whole task a few seasons ago where they did the voiceover and that did have some clips from the movie. But to me, I found that task to be really fun. So I was like, that's okay. But this, I mean, we're, we're jumping way ahead. But overall, it wasn't that it was so bad, but it was just like one of those things where it's like, can we do a task without a sponsor at this point? I mean, I know there's every leg has had them. Like, the, well, the wedding one, I guess, wasn't sort of. But, you know, there's usually one each leg, but only one. It's like, come on, guys. I know you need the money, but you know, can we take a GoFundMe for Amazing Race Canada at this point? Yeah. I mean, we should be happy that it's still going on at all if they need that much sponsorship. Um, maybe it's just like you and I are Gen Xers 
maybe we just like automatically bristle against this sort of thing. It is starting to feel like that scene in Wayne's world where they keep talking about how they're not going to bow to a sponsor. Uh, It's a lot. It's definitely a lot, but I didn't hate all of these challenges qua the challenges. It's just the epic amounts of product placement in them really did sort of detract from the experience. I think we've reached a saturation point past which like, I'm sure it is possible to exceed the levels, but I think we start to get some diminishing returns as far as how enjoying, how enjoyable this can be. Yeah. And that's the thing. The leg itself, I thought had some good moments, you know, some tasks that were interesting and some, some flipping around of standings. I don't, I didn't hate the episode. But it's just even when we see some of the comments and questions we got, a good portion of them were all about the product placement. We're all about like making jokes about it and stuff. And it's been that way every week. And I know in the past we would get a comment here and there, but I don't think we've ever gotten as many as this season. And we're only at episode four. So it says something. It's not just us. Yeah, because I I know I can be a little jaded and I do, you know, laugh at, you know, going back to Survivor with Jack and Jill or the Doritos or, or, you know, Pringles, sorry, with the Pringles or whatever. But I mean, those are like a reward challenge. Oh, it's kind of fun. It's silly. But this is like you're being constant. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's got to be interesting, too, if someone was an Amazing Race U.S. watcher and this season just decided, you know, I'm going to watch Canada because U.S. has a few here and there, but not like this. And they probably have to, someone has to be like, what is going on with this? This is it's very different. Yeah, well. I I feel like maybe they're just trying to steer away from just being the direct knockoff of the U.S. version because they don't want it to feel like it's the dollar store U.S. amazing race. But a lot of those changes start to make it feel less like the amazing race in general. Like we're having fewer detours. We're having fewer like we didn't have any detours or any roadblocks this week, which is completely insane. Um, And it's like at a certain point, it's that whole, it's that old adage about like your the cells in your body replacing themselves entirely over the course of a certain number of years. And are you still you if you have replaced every cell in your body? And is this still amazing race? I, I think we need to, we need to get back to basics here. And, you know, amazing race us has tried similar things in the past. Like we've had those, we had those weird legs where you would like go on two different paths and do two different entire sets of tasks, or you'd have the ones where you have to do all these tasks in whatever order you want. And the resounding response was, no, don't do that. Go back to, go back to what you were doing before it was working. And that's what I would say to Amazing Race Canada. Go back to what you were doing before. Like we like having a detour or a roadblock and then like 15 other assorted tasks in the course of the leg. And not all of them had to be paid for by a corporate sponsor. Yeah, I I don't mind the sponsorship overall because sometimes it can be really fun because it makes them kind of get inventive with the tasks. But when they don't get inventive, that's what we're kind of, I think, falling into. Because we've already talked about sometimes there's this kind of Chamber of Commerce, Amazing Race idea. Or, oh, they're riding a horse and carriage. Or, oh, they're just kind of sitting there. It's not like, we got to go. We got to run. This is tense. No, no, no. And then you add kind of that sometimes not as exciting task with sponsors. And it's like, oh, boy, oh, boy, Jess. But I guess we should we should dive into what actually happened because, you know, we had some interesting things and, um, you know, it was tight to the end, I think. Yeah. I mean, as, as far as racing goes, I have very few complaints because it seemed like it was not a foregone conclusion what was going to happen until the very end of this of this particular race. but. Yeah, let's go up to the top because I think what your point that you were just making about the about it being sort of like the tasks sort of lose their luster and become sort of a chamber of commerce race. I think we find this writ large in the first two tasks, which are basically the same task. And I think one of these tasks or none of these tasks would have been preferable to having two of these kind of look for 10 items tasks back to back. And I I think even putting them in different legs of the race would have been better. But then we do miss the opportunity to go up to this very cool new thing, uh, the Malahat Skywalk, uh, which 
I liked very much. It looks a lot like a thing that we have here in New York that I've never been to um, that is also fairly new. Uh, over on the west side of Manhattan, we have a structure that everybody calls the shawarma. And people enjoy it. It's very popular. You climb up this spiral staircasey thing and go and you get a nice panoramic view. So it looks like the view there is better than what you get at the one in New York, which basically you get to look at New Jersey. Yeah, it looked cool. I, I like I, I not, did not know anything about this structure and thought it looked neat. And I was really happy that, that you could book your um, tickets on the amazing Expedia app as we booked our hotel, as <laughs> they did that, too. But then, um, you know, too, we we already had the task with the the fish a couple of episodes ago, where they took the fake fish out of the water, and now we're taking pictures of animal sculptures. And I'm like, have we lost the living things? Are we just doing fake animals now? Not plastic, not plastic, Devin. I'm sorry, <laughs> but actual sculptures that you need to take a picture of, of. actual animals. But, um, yeah, the actual animals, though they, yeah, they were not whatever. The Sasquatch. Like, <laughs> it was like, I'm like one of those like plastic guys that like would be inflatable near like a car dealership or something, or I don't know. But um, very strange there, there, Devin. But um, regardless, people got, I guess we got to mention, they used their Samsung Galaxy phone camera to photograph. So we had the Expedia app then. They booked their hotel, which I was, I'm always curious about the hotel booking. We talked about this last season about what they chose, but that they just flew through that. And then they get to take these pictures um, and no one used the assist. So everyone did 10 sculptures, which again, the assist did not seem that helpful this early in the life. Yeah, this was not, nobody struggled with this apart from Devin and Amanda taking a picture of the wrong thing. But that also gave them the opportunity to showcase Another feature of the Samsung phone, namely that <laughs> if you delete something, you can go back and undelete it later if you need it. Um, so amazing! Yeah, it's. I, I wish all smartphones had this. Oh, okay, they all kind of do. Um, Devin, Devin was really amazed by this. Like he totally sold it. Like he did not know. Maybe out out of where they live, they never had a phone that allowed you to bring your get your photos back. But um, or he was just really um. Really selling it for the show. Good, good job there. Well, they said they're Samsung users at home, so I'm guessing it was something that they were all well aware of. But I, I think more likely there's a producer standing behind the camera, like, okay, now you got to pretend to delete this one, and then when you don't have enough photos, you got to <laughs> undelete it later, and then you got to be, you got to act all excited about the phone. The other thing I noticed about this, Dan, whenever they showed the, the phones to the task judge and she scrolled through the photos. It was the exact same set of photos they were showing every single time. And you're you're ru ruining this. This is ruining the mystery. I really thought that Devin deleted this, and that it's like when people hand the hand the clues out. I always in my head just assume that that's actually when they handed out the clue, not the same shot, Jess. Hmm. Yeah. Nope. This is interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've been we've been at this a long time, Dan. I think this is something we're well aware of, but I. Thought, like they're not usually so brazen about it uh it was it brought to mind like last year amazing race australia where they gave them phones and told them to take selfies and then the photos they showed were like showed them holding the phones and taking the selfies like taken from like three <laughs> steps back that's like that's not what a selfie looks like don't you're not fooling us and i don't know if it's like a photo rights thing or if the photos were just so bad they couldn't share them and in that case, if the photos are that bad, you're really not selling the phone. Yeah, yeah. Even here, I mean, um, they were kind of selling the phone, but hmm, I don't know. There's not much to talk about here. I mean, the main thing is, well, two things I thought. One, a couple of the teams were working together, including Gracie and Lily, sort of working with Paul, who then ended up not giving them the answer at the end, which... You know, it's like it's like the scorpion stinging someone crossing mm -hmm. the lake. I mean, come on. And but then Ben and Anwar also working together with Ty and Cat, which they've been together most of them. They even said they wanted to learn from them to do better in the race early on. But beyond that, I mean, there wasn't much strategy. The other thing is just um Lily's family and that connection I thought was very interesting. Yeah, that this is a very interesting connection. Uh, I mean, I I'm someone who discovered claim to fame this week, so very attuned to the secret celebrity relatives, but um, Robert Bateman is an 
artist who's fairly well known in Canada and outside of Canada. In fact, I am 99% sure that at a job that I worked at, at a wildlife nonprofit, I had a framed print of Robert Bateman's hanging on the wall in my office. So he's an artist that I, I think it's a particular style. If you Google his images, I'm sure you've seen them at some point in your life. Um, so that was pretty cool, actually. And I liked that she was able to tie that back to what she was doing here, which was taking pictures of somebody else's art. <laughs> um, how does this compare to the um, famous, you know, Jen and Caroline being descendants of Daniel Boone? <laughs> and oh, my gosh. Well, John Wayne was that yeah, the other one? Yeah, John I Wayne and Daniel yeah. Boone. Is this better? I think this might be better because it's closer. It's only grandparent. It's not like as far removed. Yeah, I can't remember what the direct connection was there. But I also, again, I've watched a lot of Claim to Fame this week and it's kind of supplanted all of that knowledge. Uh, but, you know, she did also, she's just here with her friend. They're not, they didn't form a band over it. <laughs> they're not singing about the amazing race and how they're going to win twice two different seasons over and over. yeah um so should we move on to home is where the haunt is i guess we better and this is the exact same task go through an area and find 10 things and then show us that you know where the 10 things are um the thing that i thought the one thing i thought was very interesting about this is um <clears throat> durple apparently being the only ones to realize that you should go see what the things are that you're looking for before you go looking for them. Yeah, that was smart on their part. Later on, we saw Ty and Cat reference it, but I think that Durful did it first and then the others kind of caught on. But we didn't even have a question where someone brought up that um that basically on Twitter that said it didn't seem like it should be allowed, but I'm like, but then also that it was smart for doing it. I'm guessing maybe other teams did it later that we didn't see. But it was definitely them that seemed to realize it first because once, yeah, it's like you're just going to search the house for random things you saw on this phone during the trailer. That seems like a terrible task and very difficult. But if you know what you're looking for, yeah, then it just becomes a, hey, here's 10 things and find them. Yeah, basically. this could be, or it could even be one of those situations where, like, go, when you have to go demonstrate that you know how to do something, like, just go do it wrong one time so that you know what to expect. And this is this is adjacent to that. Like, go out there and just see what your realm of possibilities are and then go back and find them. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think there's any reason that would be prohibited. In fact, I'm more surprised that people didn't immediately do this. So um, where in the pantheon of excitement from the Amazing Race test does watching contestants look at phones and watch a movie trailer rank? Does it rank super high? Is it up there with bungee jumping or really fun things? Watching a movie trailer on an amazing Samsung phone. I, well, Dad, I was really surprised that nobody said, this is too scary. I can't handle this. I got to take a penalty. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the show tried to put some like fancy effects in the house too to make you think the house was really scary. And it's like, <laughs> It's just an old house in the middle of the day. I don't think it was that scary, but then they're like, there's like fog and voices and stuff. But yeah, I don't think anyone was going to be like, I'm out of here. I I just, I just can't do it. Um, This movie. I mean, it's, it's a haunted mansion. I mean, it's going to be just so scary. Right. Um, PG 13 movie. Yeah. I, I've had this lifelong fear of things that are scary and I don't think I can, I don't think I can hang with this. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought really thought I'd be able to overcome my fear, but this is just too too much. It's too scary. Jess, no more penalties. No more penalties. <sighs> That's what John made him prom promise, didn't he? Oh, we didn't even talk about the grand entrance. I, this is the maybe the best walk on after being non eliminated that I've ever seen. Like Jermaine and Justin are. <laughs> absolute royalty for for the way that they sauntered onto the ferry it was it, it was really very funny yeah and i, I expected even with durful i thought that there was going to be something like one of the teams was really mad or whatever but no i mean all the teams even they you know were like yeah we kind of like them they bring fun vibes but though here's the weird thing about that 
is I wondered with the penalty, because I was looking at the departure times and I thought, oh, well, they got the penalty. They're going to have to leave later and the show will just make put the ferry later and make sure they get on it, which they think they did or whatever. But they only left 13 minutes after Ren and Anwar. So the show didn't even like try to make them leave four hours later or something. They're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, they're all going to be on the same ferry. It doesn't really matter. And again, I wasn't hoping for a leg where they were last and had no chance. I want them to have a chance. I want them to kind of start over. But it was interesting how it wasn't even a case where it was like, oh, we're really behind. We hope we make the ferry. They didn't even waste time on the drama with that. Yeah, well, it seems like if you're waiting out a penalty at the mat, after everybody is checked in and John says, I can check you in now, it's almost like that's the end of the penalty. Right, that makes sense. They're not going to tack it on because it's a non-elimination. It's essentially like, if you're eliminated, we would make you stand there for four hours. So you're essentially that's it. Yeah. But like, um, I'm also thinking about, there's been some weird ways that this has been handled differently over the years, like amazing race Asia, the first season, there was kind of a cascade of people taking penalties in the middle of that. And the legs went on for so long, like they would go over two or three days. And so what would happen is somebody would take a penalty at a task and it would be like a six hour penalty. They just waited out at the task overnight, finish the, you know, finish the penalty. And then it would be morning and it would be hours of operation and everybody would be in the same place anyway. Hmm. That's interesting. That's a different approach. The shows are all like, we don't want to make them. Stand yeah. There. That's always because it used to be, I think that sometimes like, you know, they wouldn't have them do it at the mat or they'd have them waited or something. But now I think it's all about, I would assume a lot of it has to do with production, yeah. right? Because the thing you just described, they've got to have people there with them, even if they're just standing there. They can't just have no one there. Yeah. And they, it's like everything is on a tighter schedule now, too. It's like we don't let them book their own flights because somebody might be three hours behind. And we don't, you know, we put everybody on the same transportation and the legs are much shorter and tighter than they were, you know, even 10 years ago. And I think. That's just down to we need to be in and out because we don't have the budget or the time to waste on this anymore. Yeah, I mean, this leg, at least they did have the overnight, but really all they did before the overnight was get to the ferry, go somewhere and then stay in a hotel, it seemed like. So it was almost like the leg really started the next day. It was almost, you know, the actual leg still ended up being fairly short, I think. Yeah, it was. It was pretty, it looked like they started kind of first thing in the morning. And I, I would say it was probably lunchtime by the time they finished. If that. Yeah, which, you know, they can get hungry, though. I mean, like Durfel said, they were very hungry. So, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it takes a lot. This is a hard race. It's very hard. But I know we're, you can see how much interest there is in this task where we're just veering off. Where, I mean, there was some skill involved here and that there was some shifting where Durfel was able to jump from third up into first. And some of the other teams, like Ben and Anwar, ended up going further down. It's interesting, too, how it seems like no matter what task they throw at the teams, the same teams end up near the top and the same teams end up at the bottom every leg, which I know is fairly common, but it seems even more that way this season. Yeah, and it's something I think we've clocked in previous seasons that we have not liked. So I want there to be a little bit more mixing. And we do get, like, there's a couple of teams that really that shot up in the rankings like Ben and Anwar eventually had a very good leg. Jermaine and Justin went from last place all the way up to fifth, which is great. Um, so I think there's the possibility there, but it does seem like we got like the same, the same four teams are kind of stuck at the front and we get the front four and the back four. And I'm hoping that everybody kind of gets their sea legs under them and starts to move a little bit better going forward but let's um let's stop moving for a second let's go to the speed bump because all right i think most of the questions that were not about the corporate selling out were about the speed bump because wtf this speed bump Dan. <laughs> my running joke for years has been like what is the dumbest speed bump of all time and it was the one where the beekman boys had to eat ice cream and they still left it up and had to eat ice cream twice. Yeah, they went to the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> so this is really, 
I, I, in the grand tradition of eating ice cream on a speed bump, we're going to go. The, the one thing I think the only thing that was really speed bumpy about this was the fact that they had to go out of their way. They had to drive somewhere else in the city to do this speed bump. But this is a real nothing burger. I should say nothing ice cream sandwich. Even an ice cream cone takes more time if you have to eat the cone. But they got to eat out of a bowl. And I mean, I know that, oh, brain freeze might have been an issue. And then Justin was just like scared of the spiders. And I thought, oh, no, what is going to happen here? This isn't going to be like last last episode. But really, I bet you they spent, what, five minutes eating the ice cream? Three minutes? Less. It? And the rest was all travel. 30 seconds? I don't know. At least. At least when they sat on on like Ron and Christina, I think it was, or who sat on that um oh the block of ice, it was dad. the father and son. The block of the ice. It was the father and son and yeah. his dad. Yeah, the father and son. The the father and son where they and the father was really funny, but they sat on that ice. At least they had to sit there for ten minutes, or the people that rode the sauna bus had to sit there for ten minutes. This didn't even take that long. It was mostly just about go to a place. Yeah. And yes, I know I know they went to the bug museum and it made me think of like Karen and oh, how could you not? That. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. You know, this is going to be great. And it's like, I mean, granted, I wouldn't love to have a tarantula crawling on me, but if I'm hungry, and like you said, people might be hungry and they're saying, hey, eat this ice cream, that's nothing. If they made them eat something gross and had that, that's where yeah. it would be Could we get like cricket ice cream up in here? That could be fun. But this was, I, I will say, it was pretty impressive the way they just housed that ice cream. Like we watched it unfold <laughs> yeah. in real time in 15 seconds. I, I, I mean, the brain freeze alone must have been pretty awful. But just, like, just the way they just like ate an entire cup of ice cream in one in one bite was, I, I was legitimately impressed by this. This was the most impressive thing all leg. <laughs> that, mean, that that tells you something about the leg. It's like. Wow, they were really good at eating that ice cream, and you know. But so I did look back at the last few seasons because I was curious, you know, because I don't always remember the speed bumps because usually it doesn't seem like they play a huge role because they're typically short. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but they were all kind of boring. I mean, they they the last season they had to put up the shingles on the roof. Two seasons ago, they had to test the self driving car, put together the orca. I mean, they're usually they usually do. Is it something to do with the area? What would be like, you know? Oh, this area is really known for their museum with orcas, or you know, I don't know if that was the case there, or something like that. Or oh, they really they have. <laughs> I'm just gonna make up something stupid now. I can't think of it. They're really known for ropes. Let's tie this knot or whatever, you know, something silly like that. And this is um yes, they went to a local museum, but this really felt like it was all designed hoping you got someone that was really afraid of spiders and would somehow not be able to do it. But I mean, the eating ice cream is just so random. Like Mike Bloom even asked, you know, weirdest speed, speed bump ever or weirdest speed bump ever, basically, because it's like, I don't know, the combination is just so strange. Yeah, I it's there's not really a lot of there there. It was like they they wanted the speed bump to involve going to the bug zoo and getting a bug on you. But then was like, well, they need to have some kind of task to complete so that way they know when the speed bump is up because just sitting there, like we know from the ice chair that just sitting there is not enough of a task. So you need to actually have a thing you can do. And so that was the thing they could do. Uh, but I don't know who came up with ice cream there. Um, I would have even loved it if it had been like local ice cream. Anything, like do anything, sell it to us, John. Be like, the area is known for having this really distinctive ice cream, or you know, it's really spicy, or, I don't or know, better yet, spicy, but you know, you have to eat five Nanaimo bars while you have a spider crawl on you. Then you are tying it back to the local area. That is like a ridiculous amount of sugar to have to ingest and then keep <laughs> racing. It's that's a good speed bump. And I know we did a Nanaimo bar task the last time we were in this area. But they're good. It's it's iconic. Yeah, it's just um, I I know that the Amazing Race US, you know, last season had that whole thing with no not eliminations, and then they just had some likes that were the. Oh, I don't want to talk about them. Don't talk about that. 
But um, but just in general, but 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 I think the point is one of the reasons they did that. Also, people don't really like non-elimination legs. Two, they wanted to save money on the speed bumps, but also the speed bumps are almost always terrible. Like I, I mean, the ones we reference are the ones that are the worst, but there's so many others. Like oh, look through these carpets and find a certain one, or oh, hate this house, or I don't know. They're always kind of lame. But this one at least is kind of distinctive. There, I think I might reference it again. In the future, if we get a weird one, because at least it's weird. It's not boring. I mean, watching people eat ice cream is kind of boring, but it's not. It's kind of so bad that it that it'll get referenced now. Yeah. Well, Dan, I guess I should pose the question to you: Have there been any speed bumps that you have liked? Um, I liked the one. There was one where they had to like both do the roadblock. This yep. was a long time ago. I remember. And I like that. There's been a few times where it's actually been harder. Like I think in the the U.S. Amazing Race U.S. in the mid 20 seasons had a few. I, like I remember Jim and Misty had a really hard one in 25. I remember. I don't remember what they had to do, but there's just. I mean, I don't remember a lot of them as being like that's so clever. That's a classic Amazing Race task. I just appreciate when it seems like it's it's a little hard, and it's like interesting to watch. And often I feel like they aren't that interesting to watch. And that's the tricky part there. At least the the spider introduced a little bit of fear, you know, and, and the Beekmans basically made the ice cream one funny just because they went to the wrong vendor. But a lot of times it's more just watch. Like, I can't believe this is a task. But, you know, we've had some regular tasks this season where I went, I can't believe this is a task. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we will. So, all right, well, let's go ahead to the face off. I'm, typically a fan of face-offs in general so not mad at this i liked that it was not necessarily just a straight up game of skill which is kind of the cheap cop out of the face-off this was at least interesting and creative and somewhat tied to the local area uh, with some room to screw it up really badly if you weren't paying attention so yeah not mad at this it wasn't terribly interesting tv for the most part yeah, I um at first it seemed to follow the same pattern that faceoffs do where one team beats another team and then that team wins the next time and then they lose and they win the next time. But that did not happen the whole way. Thanks to Jermaine and Justin who just blew through it like it was nothing. And really and poor Vet and Anwar unfortunately had to do it three times. But um so that was fun. I liked that that shows right there that it was at least well-designed in a way where it wasn't the worst with the pattern. And then also we got to see the world's greatest rivalry in the minds of Derek <laughs> and Jess Fall, where they got to go against Gracie and Lily, who just smoked them, basically. It wasn't even close because they were so much better at communicating and realized right away the trick to this task is communicating. But then they did beat Ty and Kat, so then they felt like they won it. Yeah, I nothing I like more than a good one-sided rivalry. Or it's just like Gracie and Lily are kind of running their own race. And then Derek and Jasper are like, it's, you know, iron sharpens iron and we're going to beat them. <laughs> and, you know, it's a showdown of the century. And they're just like, well, uh, we're going to run our own race. And it was, uh, it was just very cute. Um, and I, I enjoy, I enjoy Durple just in the sense of they are such a typical that team. They're just doing that team things. It's like we're gonna do our rehearsed shtick. We're going to have our one-sided rivalries. We're gonna be slightly. They they know what they're here for, and they they're doing their job. They're slightly villainous, but you know it's Amazing Race Canada. We kind of learned a couple of years ago that we can't have a true villain on Amazing Race Canada because it's not fun to watch. So this is what we get for a villain in Canada, and, and it's. It's completely okay with me. Yeah, no, this is not on par with um, two seasons ago and that team, mm -hmm. at least from my perspective. They seemed, I mean, the other teams seem to kind of go roll their eyes a bit, but they, they're, they seem okay. I mean, they, for the most part, everything they've done has just been like, you know, mugging for the camera and stuff and all that. Or like, or but I did like how later though, when they did finish first, they were like, "We broke the curse," mm -hmm. and I'm like, "You." You've not cursed at episode four and you've been in the top three every, every one time. And I'm like, 
karma finally got us. And like, I don't even know how to, how to real, what does that even mean? Yeah. But to their credit, they did raise a good leg and, you know, they got, they were at the faceoff well before other teams. So they kind of, they were the team that gets there and goes, oh, we're in first finally. And now we have to wait. And Gracie and Lily's went past Ty and Kat, surprisingly. And that's how they got ahead. But then Durvald then flipped over. So they're a strong team. They're not one of those teams that is just like a train wreck. They're, they get along pretty well, and they tend to be in the top every time. It's more the kind of other stuff that makes them more kind of a quote-unquote villain, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, props to Amazing Race Canada for knowing where to put a face-off, because yes, it doesn't go at the end of the leg, you absolute idiots at Amazing Race US. It goes in the middle of the leg where you can shuffle up the order a little bit and then get back to racing. So that was nice. We have a whole ass other task after this. And then there's some, there's also a fair amount of navigation. So you really have chances to catch up. Um, and, and indeed Devin and Amanda end up catching up and they end up not being doomed by having to wait out that 10 minute penalty. So I'm very happy to see it deployed correctly here. Yeah, I've kind of been on every episode, Devin and Amanda, I'm like, this is going to be it for them. They just don't, they they seem to have all the vibes of a team that's getting eliminated. And uh, Devin was like, so pumped though. Like, you know, his let's go. I mean, that was like a real, you know. <laughs> he turned it up from like three to four. Let's go or something, you know, it was just like, here he's go, you know. But um, yeah, I like that because they, they, you know, they were near the back, them and Shayla and Joel, both near the back most of the time. And when Shayla and Joel won, I went, oh. Well, that's too bad you know i think it's going to be it but yeah by the time they got to the next task they were tied due to the navigation at least what we saw and then the next task <sighs> with more expedia did though did um again not a roadblock which again it almost seemed it was another one kind of like the wedding one where one team member did one thing and one did another thing which i think they're doing more of that lately it wasn't technically a roadblock because they both sort of had to do things though one had to do more of it i know i'm jumping ahead but it did allow enough where there was some shifting. Like we said, Durfold passed Gracie and Lily here, and the last two teams still had a chance to move around. Yeah, this was, I, I think they need to give it a name. They need to give this kind of thing a name. And it, it's almost like we're getting a little bit of tough as nails in our amazing race here, where you have a task and it's like you have to divide up that task. It's really like kind of two tasks in one, and you each have to take a role. I, I feel like there's something like we're calling this like the tandem bike or something where you are, where you are each involved in the task, but you have to, there's a strategic element to deciding who is doing what part of the task. I think that is an interesting wrinkle that I hope they keep. And I wouldn't be mad at it if we gave it its own little road sign iconography here. I think it's really effective. Um, I might quibble about the nature of the task sometimes, but the structure of it is, is sound. Yeah. And this one was kind of weird too, because, you know, you had all the different, you know, hotel in London or whatever, you know, and then you could, you selected which ones you were getting, but if you found different ones and they hadn't been taken, you could just go switch them, which for the early teams was very helpful for them because like, you know, a Lily really struggling with the paddleboard you know, not moving. The wind was basically blowing her over. Lots of people falling and tipping. Always good comedy, people tipping over in water. But so teams were struggling early on. And so um, to find these labels, you know, this is one of those tasks where I'm like, do I really need to describe what they were doing? Like, oh, there was some different Expedia things that you could get and they had to find these labels and then they had to match them. But even the show with the editing didn't make it entirely clear all the time what the trick was beyond just navigating because the things were all over, but I was a bit confused during some of it. Yeah. It seemed like, it seemed like you had one person on the shore who could see what, where everything was and they could direct you, which I think is where the, the teamwork aspect of it came. The thing I was surprised about is nobody's actually paddleboarding. They're all using it like a kickboard or whatever. And it's like, you should have to actually be on the paddleboard, I think. They, they were really dumb-looking paddleboards, too. They were weird. Yeah, they were like animals. And, you know, at one point, I think 
Lily basically was the equivalent of just like walking. I mean, the water was right too deep. It wasn't even really on the board. It was just like, I give yeah. I can't make this thing move. It's just impossible. So I guess they didn't want to have it be too hard again, because it might not showcase Expedia's amazing destinations enough, but it was a little silly. We were venturing into the realm of um, unnecessary silliness with those, um, with the paddleboard. This could have been a much more visual task too. Like this was just like a placard with words on it. Like, couldn't you shell out for some stock photography here? Like have it be a picture of a hotel and a picture of a landmark, a picture of the pasta cooking class in Rome. <laughs> like give me a, you know, give me an Air Italia f- plane and a picture of like the Trevi Fountain and a picture of somebody making pasta. It wouldn't really cost that much to do that. I mean, even I mean, I'm sure you could get Expedia to pay for it, but it wouldn't be that much effort. I mean, you're talking kind of basic Photoshop kind of printing or something. I mean, this is this is not hard and it might have made it more visually interesting because, again, like I said, a lot of it is like I'm looking at words and on the screen they have the three words and then they have a little check and it's like, ding. Mm-hmm. but really it's just like I don't know if I was kind of worn down at that point by all the products. But at that point, it was just um, it wasn't a terrible task. Like you said, I like tasks that make people communicate. We saw that even with the face off where they had to communicate with people they didn't know and um, with the soldiers and having to do it here is interesting. But it was something about the way it was presented was hard for the teams to communicate, but also kind of hard for it to really translate well to TV. Yeah, it might have been one of those tasks that was okay to do, but less easy to follow visually. Um, But then they get the they get themselves through this task and that's that's kind of all she wrote we go to this a fantastic landmark name uh i i, I just like saying whiff and spit park that's fantastic um and then we get we get to check in at the mat and not really much to report here either yeah i mean derek and jess fall we finish first Broke the curse. They broke the curse. There's no like the curse. Cubs. <laughs> the Boston Red Sox. Oh, I don't want to think about that. No, much. thanks. Oh. Um, you know, with the, with the Cardinals. Um, trip. Yeah, they want a trip to Nassau. Yeah, looking at the standings, I mean, it was Tyler and Kayleen jumped past Ty and Cat, which prevented um, another team, Dan Sweet, there. But um, Jermaine and Justin, that, I feel like the biggest news, really, is Jermaine and Justin jumping to fifth. But we should also mention who got eliminated which we haven't really mentioned shayla and joel who had seemed to have a lot of promise at the start like i thought they might be a strong team um young team you know just seemed to have skills that would work well with him being an actor and just with them being comfortable on camera but they were down in the bound of the pack the entire entire season they never got above like six or seven really yeah i had higher hopes for them um on paper they seemed like the kind of team that does really well. So yeah, that's unfortunate, but you know, we press on Dan, we each have three teams left on our, on our board. Um, it's neck and neck. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, and apparently we are not leaving British Columbia for yet another week. Never. That's <laughs> now the amazing yeah, race. And British the double Columbia. pass is coming back. I don't, I don't remember. I have to read up again. Yeah. What is the double pass? I was trying to remember what the double pass was. I was going to look it up because I know it was something they did. I don't remember if it was that they did on Amazing Race Canada. I remember everybody kind of being like, it's, I think it's a variation on the U-turn. It's like a different approach to that. Yeah, I'm going to look it up now. While we talk here. Um, but, um, okay, it allows two separate teams to pass two other teams. Oh, okay, I'm trying to seems okay okay so they did use this last season so long ago jess it was last season they used it um and it involved frenella who used it on beverly and veronica and then cordinelli used it on frenella but i think this might have been let me read a little more. i don't know if i want to recap the whole thing but it's um, it's like a, it's basically it's a yield but the time limit is basically you are stuck at the pass until another team shows up right um, I'm trying to remember if they did some, because the fact is Cordinale used it on Fernella, but I think they used it after they had already passed. It was one of those yeah. things. And so everybody basically ganged up on Beverly and Veronica there. 
And then ultimately, yeah, it was like so that Beverly and Veronica couldn't use it. Right. It was it was kind of the similar similar approach to um, burning the board, like the different approach. Yeah. But um, you know, this has been Jess and Dan recount Amazing Grace Kidda from last season very well. But um, in general, I think it's it's kind of a variation on a U-turn. Instead of making someone do a task, you're basically or a mix of a U-turn and a U-turn, I guess, where you have to wait. And I don't remember being super excited about it, but I guess we shall see. I think I I think I said it's a freaking yield, and nobody liked the yield. Yeah, Amazing Race US finally learned that no one likes the yield. We're going back to U-turns, I think. So, um, ah, oh, we gotta gonna deal with that but um i don't know nobody, i think nobody likes the, u-turns either <laughs> that is true what about the double double blind u-turn what about that no nobody likes those uh, the, the problem is that uh, amazing race us doesn't know how u-turns work right. and uh, you'll get me on my soapbox about this so maybe we better not even s- start this conversation but there there's a specific place you need to put them in order to make it at all interesting and not just like a device for spite. And the pass is like all of that, but bigger because it's pure spite. You don't have to do anything. You just got to sit there and stew in your own ire. And we, we know from the yield that that's not exciting television. So also with this bunch, I don't think there's, there's no team that really has that Beverly and Veronica energy. Like people think Durple are kind of tools, but that doesn't translate to we want them out. Like nobody has said about any team here, we want them out. No, this is more likely going to be used by Durple themselves, I think. Because oh, it yeah. feels like something where they would go, Ty and Cat are our rivals. Gracie and Lily are our rivals. We need to use it. And the other team would be like, well, that wasn't very nice. Why, why did they do that or something? And maybe then the second team uses it like for um, protection, like, oh, yeah. shoot, we, we, we don't, we have nothing against Devin and Amanda, but they started last. So we'll use it or whatever, you know, something like that, where I, I think it'll probably get used because if not, they probably wouldn't even present it in the mm-hmm. um, next on. But yeah, I don't remember now that it's coming back to me more. I feel like all it did yeah, Beverly and Veronica already kind of felt a little on the outs. All the thing about the Express Pass and everything else. And um, it wasn't really fun to watch that much. So I don't know. I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I think it, it definitely has to get used because we know the Amazing Race Canada is not hurting for things to show on, the ep- on a given episode. And so if they don't use something, they're not going to make a big deal out of it. So... I'm guessing we do see it used, but to what end, I do not know. Yeah, I wanted to mention one more thing about the face-off that I, I skipped over, which is the wonderful guy who was telling them to get started, who they should really just bring him around for every task, where he was like, racers, prepare yourselves. And then he had this great, I can't even do it, this whole race thing, which I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that to me, that guy... Just put him on every leg. I mean, really. I mean, I'm sure he's got some work to do in his normal military job or something. But man, that was good. I I, I enjoyed that. I almost was going to do a bit on that when we started, but um, I didn't. Just great, you know. He, almost he's up the there with pencils up. down, guy. Yeah, I mean, it's the excitement. I like it when the people get really excited. You know, even we had the person today, the guy, the local judge, who got to tell Jermaine and Justin to go to the speed bump. I'm like, wow an extra thing for the guy to do that's fun and he did a good job with it so you know more locals doing things like that for the show i guess yeah or the the bug museum employee that gets to like give the little spiel about the tarantula <laughs> yeah he's been pr- practicing that so much and that they like oh yeah whatever we're gonna eat this ice cream <laughs> even like my attention i don't know but um it, you know i didn't hate this leg but i feel like um i hope they pull a little bit back we all know about Expedia on the Samsung phone. Amazing Race Canada. Let's pull back a little bit. Yeah, Samsung phone, I'm sure it's great. Probably <laughs> the, the more times you continue to show it, the less likely I am to ever switch over from my Apple family. Sad thing that I still can't tell you the model number or what the name is. All I call it is that Samsung phone. Even though they say it over and over, 
And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not writing that down. So I, it's yeah. like, I don't know if it's working. Well, I, I remember the name of the truck just because they say Zed. And, you know, once yes. again, we are the Americans recapping Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the specifics. And Haunted Mansion is going to be in one ear, not the other. Um, yeah. And you know me, I'm really into Disney theme parks. But for me, I still haven't seen Mission Impossible yet. I haven't seen la- the movies from last weekend. Um, yeah. And I don't even, my daughters are like, yeah, that might be good. But I don't know if we're like going to run to the movie theater. And that's not a great sign for the box office prospects of Haunted Mansion, I will say. Yeah. You know, the movies are dying. And with the, you know, the strike drags on much longer, the movies will be totally dead. Which is sad, even after all of the excitement of Barbenheimer. But yeah, Haunted Mansion, if I watch it at all, I'm going to wait for it to hit Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I don't know, I'll veer off. But having nothing to do with the task today, I think it might be okay. I don't think it's Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion levels. This might, might have a chance, but I'm not going to rush to see it. But I guess yeah. we should get into if we have any more questions. Yeah, let's let's look at our let's look at our questions from listeners because we got a lot of questions, and I want to make sure that we honor them um, for sure. Um, I, I liked Addison Mueller's comment that at the point where teams are watching a sponsored movie trailer on sponsored phones, has the show truly outdone itself for sponsorception? I I thought that was quite clever. Yes, um, <laughs> correct. I I don't know. Is there another level? Like, could the house they were at have been sponsored? Like, could they have done all this and then gone to Subway? Yeah, it's they could have gone to Subway in their Chevy truck. Basically, yeah. And Gr- the Grim Recapper then said they should have done it inside of Tim Hortons, to which um, Addison replied, and I, a Tim Hortons drive through while in the all new 2023 Toyota RAV4. Very good. Very good. I think that's even the truck we had this week. So they're, we're on it. We're all on it. Yep, we're all on it. But I, I'm surprised that we're not getting more like really uniquely Canadian sponsorship deals here. Like I, I would really love to see them. You know, we don't need we don't need to hear about the Disney movie. I want to hear about like their trip to the to the Rona Home Depot Canadian clone, or you know, we're gonna go shopping at Canadian Tire. We're gonna pick up some pick up some Advil at Shoppers Drug Mart. Give me some Canadian products here. I don't. I we have this stuff in the U.S. I watch. I watch this for the exoticism. Yeah, even Guru. I mean, as we learned last season, they have it in my local Whole Foods. So not something that's really that Canadian. They don't have it in mine. Weirdly enough, (laughs) I don't know. I still wonder if they're clearing that out because they had a big display. I have not looked this season for all the different flavors, and we've seen a lot of people drinking Guru this season. It's been everywhere. Yeah, like why aren't we getting like why isn't Coffee Crisp a sponsor? I think you know more Canadian brands than me. I'm just like I'm obsessed um, with Canadian yes. brands. <laughs> Tim Hortons again. I'm gonna crack open some all dressed chips. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, they could do the ketchup chips. You know, but um, yeah, not to go again. I don't want to turn this into Dan doesn't know that many things about Canada because that that's never a good look. So it's okay. That's I mean that's this is why you're here, Dan. But you're right. We don't have to dwell on it. Um, we got a comment from Lindsay on Twitter that said, I don't know if you watch the show with commercials, but the first commercial break during the Haunted Mansion task consisted entirely of the trailer for the Haunted Mansion. It was actually kind of fun to see exactly what the racers watched. Well, they showed you like three quarters of it during the show. So I don't know how fun that would have been, but uh, I watch it on CTV and I didn't get the Haunted Mansion trailer, unfortunately. No, um, this this week. All I got was commercials for dentist sticks, which my dog does love. <laughs> Last week had this one, this like Peroni one with this song that they played every time that drove me crazy. But no, no Haunted Mansion either time. Ah, uh, disappointing. They they do the same ones a lot, but it's week by week. And Desjardins is everywhere, you know, with the assist oh, yeah. for local businesses. Um, but yeah, no, no Haunted Mansion, though I have seen a lot about it just being a disney person it's kind of all over but um yeah you're definitely a disney adult then <laughs> hey i've got kids too though so and That's they're true. Also, it's a little i think it would be, it's a little different but yeah sure sure why not <laughs> um so other questions 
Um, I think we're about to the bottom. I think we've we've cited all of these other points that were made, but uh, we got a lot of great feedback this week. I really appreciated everybody that took the time to respond to Dan's call for questions. And also, Dan, thank you for putting out the call to questions every week, because I don't always think of it. And we always gather some really good points that really inform how the podcast is put together. Oh, no problem. I've been trying to like I tried to do it earlier today. And then even yesterday, I mentioned something we should reiterate, too that you don't have to wait. Sometimes I don't put out calls till after I've watched it, you know, Wednesday afternoon, whatever. If it's you're watching the show on Tuesday nights in your comfortable, you know, Canadian house in Canada, and um, you think of something you want to say or comment, we got a few this week, definitely let us know because that's great. And that, um, you know, sometimes we'll record for, you know, the next day. And it's great that um, don't worry about spoiling us because, um, we're fine. We, we, we know who's yeah. going to win. No, I'm just kidding. We have no idea who's going to win, but, but it's okay. I'd rather get more questions and risk risk being spoiled on the episode. Yeah. I don't mind. Honestly, I can't ever watch it live in real time, but I want to know what happens and I'm kind of, I have no patience. So I'm probably, if I can't watch it in real time, I might be even like looking at the live, at the live Twitter feeds or at the message boards to see what's going on as it's happening. Um, and I tend to try to catch it the next morning. Yeah, same here. I'm usually watching it. Um, it's usually multiple times, um, though. I don't know if I could have taken it with so many sponsors. You know, I might have already gone to see Haunted Mansion just through like subconscious, um, you know, something that just hit my subconscious. Maybe I've already bought tickets and I didn't even realize it from watching the show. I feel like I've seen it already, having seen that trailer. Yeah, I mean, could it could it be better than Muppets Haunted Mansion? I I'm not sure because that that was a lot of fun. But yeah, just in general, I'm curious to see as we go forward if some of the placements start to shift because we really are seeing the top teams dominate. But I don't feel like the bottom ones are done. So Duran and Justin, Ben and Anwar, um, and Devin and Amanda, but they've kind of been those teams. Those teams need to start making a move though, um, regardless of our draft status. I'm curious to see if it's going to pick up because right now it has gotten a little predictable about who's going to do well. Yeah, well, I think we're going to, I think we are going to see, you know, we have sort of a top three slash four, if you want to include Tyler and Kayleen, but I, I think we're going to see in our final batch, I think we are going to see one of Ben and Anwar, Jermaine and Justin and Devin and Amanda like, I don't think those are the next three teams to go out by any stretch. Well, and things like the double pass, though, could shift things. Not that it, I'm so excited about it, but when you introduce things like that, and if some of the lower teams get up higher, maybe they're going to take a shot just because they're like, I'm tired of being sixth or seventh. And plus, Ben and Anwar have an express pass also. Of course, so do some of the other teams. But still, it's things like that could shift how, what happens. Express passes and then other race things. Yeah, I mean, episode five is typically when a, any Amazing Race season starts to heat up and starts to get interesting because at the beginning, you have too many teams to keep track of. And at the end, you have too many, too few teams to really keep it interesting. So yeah, I always say the most boring legs is like the first leg and the last legs. So that sweet spot in the middle, we're going to have, we're going to have, we're going to get down to a few more, uh, down a few more teams and then we're going to be really cooking with gas i feel like as long as we as long as we are spending more time like on interesting tasks and less time on who is funding those interesting tasks i think we'll be just fine yes double true on that i um i hope i hope it improves a little bit because um i still like this these casts i like the teams a lot and i hope that they get to do more amazing things as we go forward yeah it is not you know it's not the pretty okay race it's the amazing race. So Dan, what amazing things are you up to this week? Oh, you know, I still have my, I still have it. It sounds like it's like really gonna, uh, I do a podcast on theme parks. It's called tomorrow society podcast. Just did an interview. Like I mentioned last week with um, Bethany Bemis, who um, is an author and also a museum curator of a Disney exhibit currently showing at in the Smithsonian in Washington, DC. And so that was very cool. Have some fun interviews with people that work behind the scenes at Walt Disney Imagineering coming up in the near future. Those are so fun. I, I really enjoy listening um, to all of your deep dives with all these people that are doing incredible creative work. Um, it's 
it's very it's a very exciting podcast. Everybody should definitely check that out. And I'm still over here, over on the Rob has podcast slash post show recaps universe, recapping lots of things. Our final coverage of The Walking Dead Dead City dropped this week on post show recaps. And Chappelle and AJ Mass and Josh Wiggler and I got together and recapped that. We had the whole got the whole band back together to give a send off to what is some of the best Walking Dead content we've had in a long time. And then over here on uh, Robin's podcast, Mothership, we're still covering Tough as Nails. We've got one more week of that, and then we're putting that to bed, which is kind of bittersweet. We always have a good time with that. And then Mike Bloom and I are covering Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Post Show Recaps as well. So all that fun content. And of course, people that are not us are doing great work here on the Rob Has Podcast Network. So any show you're watching, I'm pretty sure we got somebody covering it. Just click around and find what best intrigues you. Um, and we have some ads. I've, I've heard complaints that the fact that our podcast has ads at all means we're sellouts. But you know what? A little bit of ads are good. So and of course, we are brought to you by you, the listeners, because without you, we wouldn't do any of this stuff. Uh, thanks once again, Dan, for putting up with me this week. It was a it was a fun episode. I enjoyed recapping it with you. Thank you. I'm excited about where this season is going. Yes, I am as well. So also thank you again to everybody out there listening. Thanks to all the patrons. Thank you to everybody behind the scenes, including Scott St. Pierre and all the rest. And we will see you next week.